You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk. Hi there, welcome to the show. This week, Carmi and I are going to discuss the Midwest VoiceOver Conference, Finding Your Voice, the Toronto Maple Leafs, oh yeah, Dreamforce, and an interesting way to silence someone else's voice. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. This week on The Biz, we're going to the Midwest VoiceOver Conference that kicks off in Worthington, Ohio. Voices.com is a sponsor, and we want to give a shout-out to organizers James Minter and Ron Allen. Uh, Stephanie, I know that you've met these two incredible gentlemen. Tell me a little bit about them. Yeah, they are so much fun. Um, we have been involved with this conference since the beginning, since they had started it uh, in March of this year, which is, of course, 2014, for those of you listening. Uh, hopefully you could be listening, I guess, in 2016, for all I know right now. <laughs> it could be two years. That <laughs> the joy of podcasts. You never know. Exactly. This content does kind of live in uh, iTunes or wherever you happen to have found it. So uh, right now, I do want to confirm that today, uh, when we're recording, happens to be Thursday, October 16th, 2014. 14. Um, but that aside, uh, there are some wonderful speakers that are going to be there as well. Uh, Bill DeWeese is returning. He was there at the first one. Uh, Randy Thomas, who some of you might recognize, she was the first woman to ever voice the Oscars. So there you go. Randy is, is coming. Um, Jim Weiss. Uh, J. Michael Collins, who uh, many of you may know J. Michael because he is doing very good work and he also coaches people on, on how to use online casting sites. And of course, uh, Ron Allen, James Minter, um, there are a number of other people who will be speaking on different topics that are relevant about home studio, website development and design, and setting up your voiceover business. So it looks like it's going to be a rocking time. Definitely sounds like a conference not to be missed. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Also in the biz, we're going to hear from Kabir Singh. If you don't listen to our other podcast, Voiceover Experts, uh, you'll want to go, go sign up in iTunes. It's not to be missed. Kabir is going to talk about how you find your voice amongst other people. What is your specific style of voice? How do you use your emotion, your psychology? How do you dig a little bit deeper to evoke that voice that is yours and only yours? And of course, if you're building a voice business, how do you stand out from others with that voice? We're also going to go into the world of hockey. If you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, which I, as a native Montrealer, am definitely not, <laughs> um, but I can still appreciate the team because we live near there, um, Will Arnett has a new video out. Will Arnett, of course, the star of Arrested Development. Um, and uh, it's uh, basically, it's about the power of branding. It has gone viral on YouTube. Everyone is talking about it. Uh, and it is probably, I don't know, Stephanie, I know we're on opposite sides of this hockey fandom thing, um, but I think we can both appreciate that Will Arnett, when he does a video, everybody, whoever they root for, listens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I had found this video and I was like, oh, and of course um, it was on Mashable and they were like, they were kind of presenting as if how much money must they have paid someone of his stature to come up and publicly say that he was a Leafs fan. And really, like whoever wrote that must not have been a Leafs fan, because if you are a Leafs fan, you understand why he got up and did it. You know why you felt it. And and I remember after watching that video and just running by your office and thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to tell Carmi about this. First, I got to check to see if he's a Habs fan. And then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll say, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, now just watch this video you know, make of it what you will. But after you're done, I want you to tell me what you thought of it. 
and you came running down the hall, and it was like, this was the best video ever! It absolutely is. I mean, you know, I'm not even a Maple Leafs fan, but I love this team because win or lose, their fans stick with them. It isn't about how they perform on the ice. It's about how much they love the brand. Leafs Nation, if you are a part of it, you are there. You're not falling off some bandwagon as soon as they start to lose. You are still buying the jerseys, going to the games, supporting them online, supporting them in person, going to the rallies, talking about them at work and at school and at home, uh, and just basically living the dream, win or lose. Uh, I think sports teams can learn from this. I think businesses can learn from this. What is it that Toronto is doing to brand themselves so well that people will stick with them through thick and thin, no matter how they perform on the ice? No other sports team can do, can accomplish this. Uh, they're frankly they're, mo- they're the most successful s- sports franchise in North America. No other business has this 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 strong of a of a branding as well. Will Arnett, quite frankly, uh, is an example of that. But no, he's not shilling. He truly does feel this. Oh, he does. And it reminds me, actually, this kind of way of being a fan. It's like someone who enjoys Apple Computer or Apple, as it's known now. But you, you know, if you love Apple, you love Apple. And there is no one who can tell you, oh, well, you should use this new BlackBerry, even though the screen is so much bigger and so much more fun, eh? (laughs) I know that (laughs) Army has the new BlackBerry. Anyway, but it's like, if you love something with all your heart and you are totally invested in it, there is no stopping you from from raising your voice and uh, kind of lifting that cause or whatever it happens to be up. And I know there are a lot of different culture carriers, if you will, with the Leaf Nation. And one of them, I think, is a national symbol that we all recognize in Canada, and that is Tim Horton and the Tim Hortons franchise. Yeah, Tim Horton was a he was a journeyman player for the Leafs. He wasn't really a great player, didn't put up great statistics, was kind of forgotten, unfortunately died young in a car accident. But, you know, truth of the matter is this guy has become an icon, not just because he started this incredibly famous donut and coffee chain, um, but really because of what he represented. Plug away, keep going at it, do the job, support your team. And I think these are values that are important, not just in Toronto, not just to Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but to anyone else who's inspired by people who want to do a job and do it well and show up for work every day. Uh, And, you know, I'm not even, I grew up in Montreal, so of course I'm a Habs fan, but tell you, I went to my first Maple Leafs game last year and I was blown away when I walked into the Air Canada Centre, just how devoted the fans were. And then when we were on, uh, we were on the subway afterward and they had lost and lost badly and everyone was still into this team. That is inspiring no matter who you root for. And quite frankly, I think there are lessons in there for all of us. And that's very true. Uh, Someone else, I believe, who is absolutely a symbol of Leaf Nation uh, is Scotty Newlands. And for anyone who watches the games on TV uh, from time to time, you will see this anthem singer and he's dressed up in military garb and he just belts it like he's a tenor he's an amazing voice um pleased to say that he's someone i happen to know and he's also on voices.com and and this guy he he does anthems and he sings for all kinds of different sports teams but when he gets up for the leafs you know that is something that brings everyone together as well yeah, he's not just singing. You know, he's actually living it. He's evoking it. And, you know, certainly, you know, Kabir's uh, podcast really speaks to that. It's where's the emotion in your voice and how are you pulling that out? And, you know, when Scotty sings, that's really what it is. You know, oftentimes you'll remember the anthem, you know, even if the game itself that follows is forgettable. That's part of the experience. It's part of what draws us together as a community. Um, and to me, that's that's inspiring. I want my kids to watch him sing. And I want them to know that this is something truly special and they can learn from him. 
funny you should mention kids because when I was a child, uh, and I know my mom, if she's listening, she obviously knows this. She tells this story from time to time. Um, I actually, if you can believe it, kept my room clean for a whole year just so that I could have a Toronto Maple Leafs coat, a winter coat, and it was blue and a big white leaf on the back and I had like jerseys and and um you know autographs my cousin actually at the time my mother's cousin had worked in public relations for the Toronto Maple Leafs so I was getting photos autographed photos from Dougie Gilmore I was getting Matt Sundin autograph uh, oh once. I know I, I was, know who was popular at school then yeah oh well <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess if you've had other friends who were Leaf fans <laughs> um, but but anyway <laughs> there were some not in Montreal no but in Toronto yes <laughs> so but but anyway yeah like I was always getting the hockey card and collecting them and, and looking at them and, and um, you know, just uh, Felix Poppin was my favorite player. And so, of course, the number 29 kind of special to me. Uh, but anyway, it, it was something that I think you, you need to grow up with this passion and you need to be kind of, you know, reading, watching, like maybe you don't play because not all of us who like to, to watch sports are necessarily playing them. I'm sure not everyone in Leaf Nation uh, knows how to even skate backwards, let alone tie up a, a pair of skates. Um, but but when it's something that is deeply ingrained in you and something that you feel community in, I think that that is the real pull. That's it. I think you live and die by it. I mean, I remember going to games as a kid with my dad, and as soon as the Habs started to lose, everybody would just get up and, and leave because it was all based on how they performed on the ice. They're winning, great, you're a fan. They're losing, you're not a fan anymore. But, you know, in your case, it didn't matter whether they won or lost. You wanted that jacket, and you were willing to do whatever it took to get that. I think that, in, in a nutshell, probably explains the differences or what sets the, the least nation apart from the fan base of any other team. And quite frankly, I think there are lessons in there that carry forward well beyond the land of sports, whether you've ever laced on a pair of skates or not. Mm-hmm. 47 years. That's where we're at now to get the Stanley Cup. It's got to end sometime. It, it will. It will. And it will. Uh, <laughs> I know I sound very confident, um, but it, it has to at some point, I believe. Uh, but Carmen, you're absolutely right. This is something where we can all learn, and it, it doesn't matter if uh, you know the team's winning or losing. Uh, the whole word we need to focus on is team. Right. And we're all part of a team of some kind. And I know that uh, later in this podcast, you will be talking to David about just kind of how we as a team work with with different things and and maybe uh, some tips that our audience can certainly learn from as well. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. In this week's Tech Talk, Salesforce.com is holding its Dreamforce conference in San Francisco this week. As expected, they're making a whole bunch of announcements, but probably the biggest one is the Wave Analytics product. I look at it as analytics for the rest of us. Voices.com, obviously, is a company that has used this technology to help grow its business. We're very proud to have our co-founder and CEO, David Cicerelli, with us today. David, thanks so much for coming in. Carmen, great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Awesome. Uh, David, um, you know, analytics, it's this huge tech industry buzzword. Everyone's talking about it, um, you know, but it, to us, it's more than just a buzzword. It's really a way of business. What was life like at Voices.com before we decided that that going to the cloud, that going to Salesforce was really something that we needed to do? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll uh, tell a quick story if I can, um, really the story of, of how Voices began in the first place. Um, as many of the listeners know, Stephanie and I started the company almost 10 years ago, and um, after putting up a, a rather primitive version of the website, a brochure-style website, um, if you will, voice talent from around the world um, would contact us and say, can I list my name uh, and uh, upload a sample of my voice onto your website? 
literally it was a static version of the website. There was no profiles that they could log into or accounts that they could log into. Um, so in order for us to um, respond to these uh, inquiries, if you will, they were all just coming to one email uh, address. And we also realized that people were calling us. We put up this toll-free phone number at the top of the website um, where they could call inbound, uh, t- free anywhere in North America. And when um, people would call us, that we needed somewhere to kind of jot down the name and as, uh, of, of these various uh, new uh, business partners, if you will. And it sounds funny, but really the first customer relationship management tool that we had was a giant whiteboard, a whiteboard that we had <laughs> in the corner of our kind of dining room. Never underestimate um, the power of the whiteboard. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And sometimes, you know what, it's funny because the, the, the low-tech solutions are a great way to start. And they I think provide that, visibility. Exactly. And, so, and that was just it. We needed to see who our customers were, the people that we were speaking with um, on the phone. I think we even had like check marks to beside everyone's name to know how many times we spoke to them. And quickly, um, in responding to that, though, we recognized, okay, we got to get from the whiteboard into a spreadsheet. And then we had this one uh, spreadsheet that we were both sharing, Stephanie and I, and realized, okay, well, you know, if she updates it or I update it, and it was kind of out of sync sometimes, and we were working from two different computers not with no kind of centralized database, um, we started to look for uh, obviously some kind of technology-based solution. And the technology that we evaluated was customer relationship management, um, often referred to as CRM for the acronym. And so there was a couple players on the market um, back then. We um, unfortunately went with a different provider um, because we, you know, aspired to Salesforce. But I was kind of trying to find this all-encompassing solution. Um, and Salesforce really was uh, zoned in on just the customer uh, interactions and not finance and um, and other kind of aspects that we were hoping to accomplish um, altogether. Um, but in the end, um, after kind of a, um, you know, a, a poor, frankly, a poor implementation of this other tool, we ended up circling back to Salesforce. We took a couple trials, demoed getting um, our list of contacts from that spreadsheet into Salesforce and had a successful launch. So we started Salesforce. A lot of um, people think that it's something for the Fortune 500 or big enterprises, but we started it just with the two of us. And it was this amazing frankly, a game changer for us. And I know we kind of use that term, but it really was an eye opener um, because now we could work and it's, it sounds so commonplace nowadays, but we could work for any time, anywhere, internet connection. We were both had laptops, you know, work from the library. Yeah, this was a two person kind of startup, right? So it made a really big, uh, big deal for us that when I messaged a customer or a potential client looking to hire a talent, um, through Salesforce, that Stephanie then had visibility into that customer interaction as well. And so nowadays, that's referred to as this 360-degree view of the customer, where our team is significantly larger now, but everybody here at Voices can see the communications log or history, if you will, um, that anybody else is sending. And so in the event that somebody's not here or they're away sick or maybe the client called into customer service, but really they're having an ongoing um, chat with us, uh, an account manager, everybody sees the same dialogue uh, and, and people don't frankly slip through the cracks, which is often common when you have these start to get these silos in right. much, much larger organizations. So um, it's really solved a, a, a big 
um, issue for us at the time, which is a, a shared centralized database of all of our customers that we could access from any time, anywhere in the world and be mobile at the same time. So that was kind of all in a nutshell. It fulfilled all of that, um, which is why we've been customers um, of Salesforce for the last, you know, really since the, the early days. Um, I think it took us a year to get on. So I think it's been since 2005, I think they, they, they uh, have on our account. So almost 10 years um, working with an industry pioneer that really at the time they were pioneers in their field um, as we like to think that Voices is as well in, in our space. And so it goes to show you that one great business and operational decision um, that, uh, that you make kind of back, uh, back in the day kind of has these ongoing um, you know, ripple effects or, or ongoing positive side effects that, um, that we continue to benefit from today, that we have 10 years worth of history, that we, we know pretty deeply our relationships with a lot of our, um, lot of our greatest and longest standing customers, uh, as well as our newest ones as well. So that's why we chose Salesforce. So all of that knowledge, that insight, you know, obviously that helps us make better decisions and helps us be more agile, helps us compete against whoever else is out there. Uh, how important is that to a business like ours and, quite frankly, to any business mm-hmm. to have that insight, that visibility, that deep visibility into how the business operates? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the, the part that kind of strikes me is that when investing in a lot of these cloud-based services, whether it's Google Apps for business, um, I think it's rebranded Google Apps for work now, um, or, you know, FreshBooks for accounting or QuickBooks Online now, those financial tools moving online, Mm -hmm. um, Salesforce for CRM, um, that you're buying a tool that allows you to access the same rich feature set that the biggest organizations in the world are using. Mm-hmm. We're using the same tool. And we don't need a massive IT department exactly, to do it. Exactly, and mainframe computers and, and so forth. And and um, to, so to be able to kind of compete with that, I think that's always been the promise of the internet has been the concept of leveling the playing field. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Google does that with giving people visibility within search um, where you can buy ads and, and be visible right next to somebody with a thousand times your ad budget. Mm-hmm but you can be right there beside them. Same thing on the business um, technology and, and, and on, from an operation standpoint. Um, a lot of these tools have come out, um, software packages, that on a month-by-month software as a subscription type service is immediately accessible. And so we've got the same tool. So I think it's, I think it's tremendously important for small businesses to consider that for, you know, for that kind of modest investment, you know, hey, maybe time to get off the random spreadsheets and get into a centralized database. Um, and using the same tool that the biggest players are using um, is going to give you a competitive advantage and certainly something that should be considered. Great advice. So so this, you know, the big announcement out of Dreamforce is the Wave Analytics offering. How much of a game changer is that as analytics also comes down from its former enterprise roots at the high end of the market? to a price point and a, and a capability level that t- pretty much anyone can afford. Right. Well, the analytics is obviously um, a really hot topic nowadays. Um, some people might have heard of the concept of big data, right? Um, and truth is, you know, I, I think I heard an interesting stat. It's like, um, I believe it was 80 or 90% of the world's data has been created in the last two years. So everything that's out there has, is actually so recent um, and you, and if you think that um, well how how is it being stored? You want to have it in a safe, secure environment. Um, and what are we doing with that? Is are we just collecting it for the sake of collecting it, or are we using it to 
you know, solve the world's biggest problems, as well as, in our case, help customers um, deliver a better service, build better uh, products, um, and, and offer those out to, uh, to the market. Um, so one of the ways that um, has been a key feature, if you will, of the, the original kind of core Salesforce um, application um, is this concept of reports and dashboards. And in effect, you can report on any activity on any given period of time. Now, they've had this product out, you know, again, for probably almost 10 years, and they've updated it uh, over the last number of years. And um, a dashboard is really a collection of reports. So, for example, we might have one about all the job postings, a dashboard, that is all the job postings on Voices.com. But we can see uh, a, a, a graphical chart, a pie chart of jobs by region of the world or jobs posted by language or male-female split. And so we start to understand the nature of what clients are looking for when they're seeking a voice talent on, on Voices. So um, that gives us better uh, understanding and some insight into how do we how do we market um, uh, sell to those clients and, and service them on the back end because we know what they're already looking for uh, and we can create articles around it talking about it on podcasts and so forth and picking up those themes so that's the that's the big takeaway kind of historically um, that we've been using reports and dashboards and looking forward with um, with wave analytics. Uh, and what Salesforce's newest offering is is actually really quite exciting for me. I mean, obviously, I, um, I as as a leader within the organization, my role is both to provide a vision and a direction for the company. And to a degree, you want to you know you want to do that through intuition. You feel this is the right place, but also there there's the need to support that with data. And you got to make sure that you're making the right decision. That there's a historical precedence. You can you can um, extrapolate that out and see yes, we are on the right path. And that there's check marks along the way. If we're going to say, hey, we're going to double the company in the next year, well, how are we doing that? What are the checks along the way? Validate, Validate exactly. And that's where um, you know having a report uh, or a collection of reports, as I say, in the form of a, a highly visual dashboard helps um, not only myself. But um, uh, for every department or team leader here at Voices to be able to ultimately make those better decisions. Well, I, for one, can't wait to get Wave in here mm-hmm. so we can try it out here as well. Awesome. Well, we'll do our best. I mean, certainly it's one of those, um, one of those new applications that once it becomes available, that uh, we will uh, be the first ones to give it a go and, uh, and see if it uh, truly adds the value um, that, uh, that they're proposing it does. And my past experience with all the products have just been really world-class. And uh, so I, I have high expectations, but I'm sure it'll, be, uh, it'll deliver for us. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to it, David. Thank you so much for joining us today on Vox Talk. Thanks, Carmen. Vox Box, sharing your audio feedback. All right, here we are. We found ourselves in the Vox Box. Now, I must say, Carmi, you have a knack for finding strange, obscure stories like this very one that we're about to talk about. How, how did you find this, this notion of silencing someone else's voice? Well, for the record, you know, in my free time, uh, I am trolling the internet for our beloved listeners looking for uh, the most obscure, uh, arcane things that are of interest. And so this one, this one was completely off the charts. It's a Japanese uh, team of researchers. They uh, kind of realized they had a problem. They felt that uh, in conversation, some people tend to speak very loud 
and some people don't. It's if you remember the old Seinfeld loud talker episode, that's what it's. They wanted to balance things off a little bit. So give the quiet people a chance to have their voices heard by keeping the loud talkers quiet. And basically what they did was they developed a handheld device that you press a button and you point it at someone and they can be up to 100 feet away from you. And as soon as you press that button, essentially it stops them from talking. It uses a philosophy called delayed auditory feedback. Psychologists know this well. Basically what it does is it listens to what you're saying and then it, it rebroadcasts it back to you 0.2 seconds later, so a fifth of a second later. And what it does is it messes with your brain um, so that you can, literally cannot speak. It's almost like a form, high-tech form of audio feedback. Um, and so anyone who's heard feedback in a studio uh, or you know, when your radio is too close to your, mic to your microphone, uh, everything just stops at that moment. So really neat technology, really fascinating discovery. Uh, I think it has great implications. The problem with any technology is it can be used either for bad or for good. And so the negative is, I can think of a, a totalitarian regime. Kim Jong-un comes to mind in North Korea, or perhaps the Hong Kong authorities who are dealing with the protests now. Um, they can point it at protesters, for example, and shut them down, deny them their ability to have free speech. That's the negative. But on the positive side, researchers in New Orleans have been using this technology now to uh, work with people who stutter. And apparently, when you point this device at someone who stutters, it messes with the process that causes people to stutter in the first place, and it lets them speak clearly. So it's got some incredibly positive implications. The device isn't for sale yet. Uh, there are no plans to bring it to market yet. But if this research pans out, uh, I'm sure there, uh, there's a whole community out there of individuals who do stutter who would love to have this available to them. And we'll be sure to follow that story as it unfolds, because right now, as you say, it isn't really available to the common man or the public use. So, uh, But if any of you have actually used something like this or have encountered it in maybe a, a setting like in a lab or who knows where you may have seen it, then be sure to let us know, because these are the sort of topics that, that do affect us all, and we'd love to hear from you. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show this week. I, I certainly know that we have a great time here in the studio, and, and Sergio has a good time too. We, we don't talk very often about Sergio, but he is here every week just loving it, listening to it, putting the podcast together. I want to give him a, a nice thank you right now. Um, but anyway, uh, we want you to continue this conversation on Twitter. If something appealed to you, make sure that you tweet at us using the hashtag VoxTalk, and that would be just as it sounds, V-O-X-T-A-L-K. And uh, that said... We're looking forward to the weekend. I know you are too. Have a good one, and we'll see you next week.